Welcome to Drilling Deep and happy Labor Day to all the people out there who do the nation's work, especially those who keep the nation's freight moving seven days a week and 24 hours a day. I'm your host, John Kingston. Oil is the game here on Drilling Deep, at least at the beginning of the podcast. And you can't get oil unless it's drilled for, and you can't have diesel unless you get crude oil. So that's why we call the podcast Drilling Deep. Speaking of those hardworking people, we've got Samer Hamadi of Rodex with us later on in the pro- in the program. Uh, getting paid quickly is an absolute necessity for a lot of the nation's truck drivers, and they often get that done through factoring. Rodex is rolling out a new factoring product that they say speeds up that process by a significant amount. Is some skepticism warranted? Samer will be here to talk about the product in just a few minutes. One thing that happened this past week with the big hurricane that hit Florida is that it brought unpleasant focus on the level of inventories that are held, inventories of crude oil that are held in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It's been a really precipitous decline. At their peak, SPR inventories stood at about 725 million barrels of crude. That was about 12 years ago. That's also when U.S. crude production started soaring as a result of the shale revolution. And although U.S. consumption wasn't declining, its import dependence was falling as we produced more and more of our own needs. Given that the requirements of the International Energy Agency are that strategic stocks are supposed to cover 90 days of oil imports, it was actually okay to see those stocks in the SBR decline. As a result, Congress authorized sales of what might be considered under some standards excess. When Russia invaded Ukraine back in, uh, back in March, uh, excuse me, back in February of 2022, Stocks in the SBR stood at 578 million barrels. They are now less than 350 million barrels. They haven't been this low since 1983. So the question is whether there has been a policy error in drawing them down so low. I would argue that the SBR was set up exactly for what it did at the time of the invasion, after the time after Russia invaded Ukraine. Uh, At the time of the invasion, there were all sorts of private and public boycotts of Russian supplies. Those boycotts have either been quietly dropped or modified enough that Russian crude supplies are pretty much normal these days, and really they have been for months. When the SBR was set up, it was done so as a buffer uh, against the possible shutdown of the Strait of Hormuz out of the Persian Gulf. That was always seen as the most frightening possibility for oil markets. The reality is that has never happened. The SPR was used then at other times to supplement world supplies, like, for example, when Libya first launched it into chaos at the revolution against Gaddafi, oil was released from the U.S. SPR and strategic stocks in other parts of the world. But mostly the U.S. has used it during times of disruptions that have been caused by some other things, but mostly hurricanes. Which brings us back to Hurricane Adalia. It didn't come near the oil-producing or refining sectors of the Gulf of Mexico, but if it had, and we lost a lot of production, and we waited to supplement it with SPR crude, you'd be reaching into the lowest level of inventories in the SPR in about 40 years. But at the same time, our import dependence is way down. There are a variety of ways of measuring import dependence. If you look at the whole import-export balance, we're a net exporter. But really, that's a little bit misleading. The fact is we consume more than 21 million barrels per day of petroleum, which was a figure that includes not just crude oil, 
but natural gas liquids like propane, as well as biofuels like ethanol. And yes, I am aware that ethanol is not specifically a petroleum product, but it displaces one, so you might as well count it. And we produce a little more than 20.2 million barrels per day of all of those things that go into that consumption figure. So we're close to quote-unquote energy independence if you want to worship at the altar of that silly goal. But we're also importing close to 9 million barrels per day of all of the things that of all those things that go into what's known as petroleum, simply because in many places it's better to import and in other areas it's better to export. So does your lower number of barrels in the SPR matter more because of a possible hurricane or matter even less because of a possible hurricane or other disruptions to those imports? I have to say that after seeing the world's third biggest producer turn into an international pariah and still get its oil out the door, it just seems that the chances of a significant disruption of imports seem small. The stuff always seems to find a way out. So, but we do need to be a little bit fearful of hurricane season. If a need to replace lost U.S. golf production with SPR oil emerges, are those low inventories in the SPR a problem? And what's the quality of the oil in storage? There have been whispers that what's been coming out of there in the past year hasn't been all that great. If that's the case, you'll see that in the bids that companies put in for oil if it is put on the market because of a hurricane. My personal view is that unleashing the SPR when Russia invaded Ukraine was exactly what it was set up for. What I do wish we had done is that at the start of the pandemic, when crude oil was about 20 or $30 per barrel, uh, we should have pursued acquisition of more oil at those cheap numbers. But that was not palatable to the Democrats in power so the idea died. Too bad. It was a real missed opportunity. Welcome back. Let's continue on here in factoring the competitive battlefield is fought really, I think, on two key fronts. First, who's got the best customer service? Yes, there is also the battle for who's got the most competitive haircut that the factoring companies take from the drivers for this rapid payment service. But ultimately, you can't be too far away from the industry norm and expect to compete. So you also have to have good service. The second is how fast do you get paid? This is different from customer service in my view, though I guess you could easily say it's part of the same umbrella, but you can have all sorts of great feedback loops, representatives who answer questions quickly and readily while still being too slow to pay. So the race to faster payments really got a, I won't call it a new entrant, but certainly a more a higher profile entrant recently from Rodex. Rodex already was a factoring company, but it announced a new product called, called Rodex Rapid Pay that it says can pay drivers in 10 minutes. So, being a skeptical journalist that I am, I thought I'd like to have them here on Drilling Deep. Let's find out how this is even possible with Samer Hamadi. He's the general counsel and VP of operations at Rodex. And uh, Samer, welcome to Drilling Deep. Thank you for having me on, John. So why don't you first give us a little summary of who Rodex is? And the factoring is not new to you, correct? No, it is not. Yeah, we've been in factoring since about 2014. Um, Rodex is really a one-stop solution. We perform every trucking service um, that a trucker may need all in one place. So we have a brokerage, a factoring company. We provide fuel discounts, an insurance agency. Uh, we help you get set up, equipment financing, whatever you need all in one place. Okay. So let's let's note that payment in, in the absence of all factoring generally would be 
considered to be on a net 30 days basis. There are still some people who don't factor, some drivers who don't factor, uh, who they'll, they'll wait for the 30 days, but that is not a luxury that a lot of trucking companies have, particularly if you're an independent owner operator. So it's almost like this is on two different planets. So let's talk about, really, if you can pay people in 10 minutes, this is a massive breakthrough. And talk about the technology or the financing arrangements that have made something like this possible. Definitely, yeah. So without getting too nerdy or technical with you know the tech behind it, if you think of it, if you've ever used a Venmo, a Cash App, Zelle, anything like that, kind of a peer-to-peer payment system, this serves very similarly. Um, so you do have to sign up for the Rapid Pay program, which actually gets you a bank. You have an account number, a routing number, you get your debit card slash credit card. It will fully function as as a regular bank. Um, so it's not like a Venmo or a Zelle, or sorry, a Cash App in that scenario. It can fully serve as your business operation bank. And the way it works on a very simple level is you send in your invoice. As soon as we verify that invoice, make sure your paperwork is clear. It doesn't adhere to the regular bank rules. So our big push is you can get paid in 10 minutes or less. Honestly, you can get paid in one minute. As soon as we press send on our side of the rapid pay software, it will be in your rapid pay account, which is serviced through a company called Tank. It will be serviced. Um, it'll be pushed through your account immediately. And those funds are readily available. You can go straight to an ATM, a bank, and you can pull that out as good as cash. You can make a bill payment, whatever you need. Now, now you, you said that they would be serviced by a company. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the name of that company that would be serviced. Now, it's Tank Payments. They're the ones who actually have the technology behind it. Uh, they're, they're the ones who created sort of the platform and the integration into the factoring software. Right, but you must need a banking partner to make this work as well, right? Sounds yes. like, like Tank is not the banking partner. Yes, they're uh, the the name is Evolve Bank. They're down in Tennessee. They're a fully standalone bank, FDIC insured, uh, fully regulated. It's it's not a credit union or anything else. Um, and they're a really good partner. I mean, they have all the regular services you need. You know, same day ACHs, wires, uh, whatever you need to treat it as if it's your standalone bank. So, what does this change for you? How fast were you paying people? So we had options before, and what's cool for us is. We, we are built on no fees, right? And that's always been our motto. And the only fee we had charged in the past was a wire fee, which was optional. If you wanted a wire, it would be, you know, 35 bucks, you get your money in a few hours. We also had free terms. We don't charge an invoice fee or anything, uh, but we had, you know, ACH, which is next day payment. But what's cool with our rapid pay is we're doing absolutely no fees. So previously, we would just pass along the bank fee for the wire. Whatever we were getting charged, we'd pass it along. But now there are no fees absolutely zero fees. You send it in, you want to get paid through rapid pay. It is completely free and you get the money in minutes. All right. But there's still a haircut that the drivers take, correct? The only haircut is the factoring fee. Um, aside from that, we don't charge invoicing fees. We don't charge payment processing fees. We don't charge, um, you know, minimums. We have no additional fees outside of the actual factory. Right. And is your current factoring fee, I would imagine is probably competitive with the rest of the market. Definitely competitive. And, you know, we, we really pride ourselves on customer service. You know, we're not a huge bank, um, you know, leave some of the bigger ones nameless who you might get a much lower rate, but you don't get anybody to answer your phone call. You know, you can't send an invoice after 12 o'clock. We have a guarantee that you make a phone call. You will get a human on the phone immediately, a dedicated account rep, you know, their name, their phone number, you can text them, you can email them, whatever it is, you're going to get somebody on the phone. Right. And what, what's, what's, what are factoring fees running these days? 
so it, it always depends on the size of the fleet, right? Um, to give an overall broad spectrum, now interest rates are way up, as we all know. So a lot of factoring companies have a prime adjustment in their contracts. We personally do not have that in our agreements, but they can go anywhere from sub 1%, 1% all the way up to some people charge 45 to 5%. Um, we never charge anybody more than 3%. That's our absolute highest rate for, a, you know, just a one truck person. And we're very competitive in the, you know, in the one to 3% range. So let's talk about how this came together. Uh, you've got, as far as I can see here, three main partners, you, uh, Evolve, and Tank as the processor. Uh, how did this get started? So we actually had been in talks with Tank for a while. Uh, we met them at the various different IFA events, which is a factoring association. Um, and they were always around. They had a booth. And and we're putting a lot of trust into them. They're you know a newer company. They do have um, you know a, a growing platform. But we, we developed a really good relationship with them. And we wanted to do something different. Our goal wasn't to just get you paid in minutes. We really want to revolutionize the industry. And when I say that, making it free, we're one of the only ones who actually have this as a completely free uh, platform. And another thing is it opens up getting paid Saturday, Sunday, Memorial Day, Labor Day. Um, and that's going to be launching very soon, our weekend and holiday uh, pay schedule. So as it stands now, from Monday to Friday, is the only time you can get paid. And there's usually a cutoff after 2 p.m. You can't send an invoice because, you know, banks have a 4 p.m. wire deadline or a 6 p.m. ACH deadline. We can pay you now 24 hours a day. Now, granted, we're not promoting that just yet, but that's something we will get to in the very near future. So you would, in the past, I gather, you would have probably made money on some of these other fees as well. Uh, as far as I can tell here, what you're doing is you're giving up that revenue stream. You'll still make money on the factoring fee, and your business model then, I guess, is to grab market share because you're going to be so quick that you'll increase your revenue through factoring fees. Okay, D did I give you a, a crazy view of your of your uh, business plan, or uh, is, is that accurate? No, it's very accurate, and um, we definitely made a couple of dollars off wire fees. We've always, like I mentioned earlier, we've always had the mindset that in factoring, if your goal is to make a ton of profit and get rich off of these fees that the drivers don't really know about, then you kind of have a bad model. I don't want to charge $5 per invoice. I don't want to charge, you know, to let you get your money. You already worked very hard for it. And we don't want you to have to pay any more out of pocket. You drove all across the country to deliver this load. And all you might know is, okay, my factory fee is 1.5% or 2%. Why did I make a lot less than just, why did I pay a lot more than just a 2% fee on this load? And those are just dug into the contract. You don't even know that they're there. And a lot of drivers, you're not looking at every single penny all the time of the fee. You see the money came into your bank account, but to go and then do the math on every load, multiply it by 2%, make sure it's exactly right. We're all human. You know, a lot of us don't look at that on a load by load basis. So with Rodex, you can be assured that you're only paying your factoring fee. You're going to get paid quicker and you don't have to worry about anything else. So have you run into a lot of skepticism in the market about this? We have. Um, so we have a few, you know, companies which we're friendly with and we brought it to their attention. And uh, even on a friendly basis, it was kind of just way out of left field for them. Uh, they didn't really know how it would be possible. They didn't. A lot of people don't agree with our no fee model because a lot of companies are making a lot of money on fees. And they're saying, if you're going to do this, well, you're not only providing them a service where they're getting paid much faster, but you're also going to do it for free. You may be kind of, you know, 
stepping on some toes here, ruining the market. But our goal isn't, you know, to make as much profit as possible. Our goal is to service the trucker. You know, the owners of the company, uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's a family owned company. They owned a trucking company. They had, they started with one truck. They ended up over a hundred trucks. And the goal of Rodex was to treat truckers as good as possible. Yeah. You know, you can't help but think about like on wall street where years ago, I mean, when I say years ago, I'm like 40, 50 years ago, the commissions on selling a stock or the fees that they took out of a mutual fund were so much higher than they are today. And the trend has been just relentlessly down to push those lower. And it's sort of, I guess, inevitable that for factoring, that might have eventually happened too. And it did. The rates took a massive cut during the, the pandemic, right? So during COVID, I mean, a mortgage, you were getting a mortgage, people were getting mortgages at under 2%. That applied to factoring. I mean, I started seeing rates at 0. 0.45, 0. 0.6%. And all of those companies are boosting back up with their prime adjustments now, but it was a race to the bottom. And the problem is with these races to the bottom is most of the time you're going to sacrifice something in order to lose that money. And service is the thing that's sacrificed quite often. Um, and, and again, that's just not fair to the trucker. You should be able to offer a, a fair rate and provide the good service because what people forget is factoring isn't just get your money. We are serving as your back office for your account. We generate the invoice for you. We collect the money. We make the phone calls. We make sure you get paid. We're out there calling every one of your brokers or customers, whoever you're doing work with. And if you weren't doing that with a factory company, you'd have to do that on your own. Um, and that's the part that gets forgotten a lot of the time. And how aggressive your collection team is, especially with the recourse companies. A lot of factory companies, they recourse. And after 90 days, you know, you lose that money. And we're out there fighting for you to make sure you get paid on every single look. Can you explain recourse? So there's recourse and non-recourse, and we do offer both options because it depends on the size of your company, which makes sense. So the way recourse works is if you send a load in and we don't get paid on it after 90 days, um, you know, the factoring company would then pull the money back from the carrier. So they already did this load. It's been 90 days. They, we, you know, the factoring company didn't get paid. And now the trucker essentially is paying for it. On a non-recourse basis, there's non-recourse can be tricky. Truckers in certain aspects, believe that non-recourse means once I send the invoice, I'm getting paid no matter what. There's no taking. In reality, it protects you from bankruptcy or, you know, slow pay. But in the event, you know, there was a claim or a shortage or the bill of lading, the photo you set wasn't clear, even on a non-recourse plan, the factor, you know, withholds the right to, to pull the money. back. Um, but you are protected from bankruptcy and a, a good part about Rodex is, you know, we have a 99.9% .9 collection rate. So whether you're on the recourse program or the non-recourse program, it is very rare that any money gets pulled. Let's talk about the state of this industry, um, especially in light of what, uh, what your new product is. It seems to me that this is a kind of a, I mean, factoring is a very, is an industry with a lot of players in it. And it seems to me that there's this relentless push to either get rid of or sharply reduce fees. Uh, you're talking about consolidation. This is an industry ripe for consolidation. I've heard that from factory people over the years. Has it happening or is it happening? Well, we have seen a trend lately where the, you know, the big guys are really swallowing up everybody uh, who's, who's smaller than them. It, it is consolidating into a few companies. Um, the issue is, again, much like everything else, I mean, now you're seeing, you know, Disney and ESPN and all, all these large companies all consolidating into one. The issue with factoring is, and in trucking generally is, you know, 85, 80, 85% of the market is five trucks plus. 
And when you get these larger banks and these larger companies coming in and offering these very low rates, they're looking out for the 100, 200, 500 truck company. The, the small owner operator gets left in the dust. And the small owner operator makes up most of the industry and they, they need a place where they can feel comfortable to go and get their funds quickly and, and, and be serviced. Um, so while there is a lot of consolidation, I don't know that it's the best for the industry. Uh, so you've got a, you've got a customer mix. Do like all customers now go onto this immediately or is there, yeah, you've been talking about no fees, but I'm just saying, let's say I'm a, I'm a regular customer of Rodex. Do I just get this on day one or are there other steps I have to do or things I have to qualify for? You don't have to qualify. Everybody's approved on our end. Everybody's approved on Evolve's end. There, there's no qualifying process. There's no credit check or you know anything along those lines. It's in the hands of the trucker. Uh, so the client, if they'd like to sign up, you know we we've sent out um, forms to everybody. You just have to consent to it, and we'll send you your debit card within you know a couple of weeks. It'll be uh, in your mailbox. So whoever wants to sign up for it is fully within their right. We are not forcing it on anybody. You know if you're happy with your current banking provider, you're happy getting paid the next day, you know, all power to you. Did you find that maybe you lost some customers, not to other factoring companies, but just to people willing to kind of go out and not take that haircut and, uh, you know, get paid net 30 days in the really heady times of 21 and into 22 because they were just making so much money. They might've had such cash, such amount of cash on their balance sheet that they could say, you know what, why, why am I going to give seven, eight, whatever the percent, I don't want to give a number. Okay. You know, X percent to the factory company. I'll just, I'll just be on my own. Yeah. No, honestly, any trucking company who can survive on their own. And, and, and the problem is it's really not net 30. It's really more, if you're going to average out all the customers on a typical trucker, if they are excellent at collecting, they'll be getting their money back on average in 35 to 37 days. And that is calling the customer confirming they received your paperwork, confirming a check is being sent out because these brokers and uh, customers, it's a cash flow game for them too. If they can hold your money for an extra five days and you have a call to check on them, they're going to hold it for an extra five days. Um, so any trucker who can survive, uh, all power to them. We're not here trying to sign up every trucker in America. And I believe that if you can survive without it, it is much better for your business. If you can save that one, two, three percent, whatever it is, and, and that's more cash to you to help grow your business and support your family. Uh, they definitely should do that. And it did happen in, in 2020 and 2021 when when times were great. Um, and we're kind of seeing the flip end of that now where not only now are a lot of truckers needing factoring, but they're needing loans on top of it. So, you know, they'll be signed up for a month or two and pay hey, truck broke down. I need $3,000. I need a new turbo. It's going to be five grand, some injectors, whatever it is. We're seeing a lot more of that. So trucking is cyclical and we're we're kind of back down on the trend where, you know, cash in your pocket is important. And that's why we rolled it out. Now, the amount of wires we began to get requests for, it was up double, even triple over the last six months. So we said they're in more need of their money. How can we help them without costing them more? It's an extra 35 bucks every time you want a wire. Let's get you your money faster and not charge you. Does the industry tend to all measure itself against triumph? I mean, triumph is very much the uh, 800-pound gorilla. Of course, they've got two things. They've really got how I got three things. They've got a traditional factoring business. They've got Triumph Pay, where they pay people rapidly, and then they also have uh, what they call the network, which is the uh, which is the uh, audit and uh, and and audit and processing services that they got by buying Humtrand. Are, are they kind of the standard? They are the standard, and you know every company obviously wants to achieve 
you know, I mean, they're publicly traded. You can go on and see the numbers, right? They're in the billions per month factoring. They're the giant. Uh, and it would be great to be, you know, to, to get to that size one day. Uh, but we want to make sure if, you know, on the process um, and, you know, the climb to get to that size that we maintain our values and, you know, we continue to put the trucker first and uh, not take advantage of it, not saying Triumph does, but, um, you know, make sure our clients are being serviced and, uh, you know, doing it the road ice way. Is this launched? Is, uh, is your new service launched or are we getting ready for it? No, we are launched. So we started our pilot program. Um, a few weeks ago and we've, you know, we, we picked a handful of clients we want to test it out with. Um, and everything has gone glowingly. We're actually starting off next. We're, we we're going to start, you know, beginning of September, the full rollout to all the clients for anybody who wants to sign up. Um, so yeah, it'll be a few weeks and, uh, you know, we'll really start pushing it. I'm guessing that the biggest barrier for a company who, who might be reluctant to do it is that they're going to have to change a lot of their banking relationships. Correct. I mean, they're going to have to work through Evolve, like th this isn't going to work with ABC Bank that they've been working with for let's say the last five years, right? Well, it can work. At the end of the day, you can have multiple bank accounts, right? And it is as easy as if you want to move money from one account from your Evolve bank account to your Chase bank account, for example, or whatever else it is. It's just a transfer from one to the other. Um, so you could have both. You could put, for example, we have some clients already who said, "Hey, I want. Uh, I'm using my Rapid Pay since it's fee free. I'm using it as a savings account for my maintenance." So every day I want 25% of the funds that I factor to go to my rapid pay account. And I want 75% of my funds to go to my traditional Bank of America. So you can split the payments if you'd like. Um, some drivers are using it just for, you know, play money, whatever it is. Hey, I need to get a hotel room tonight. I can't wait for tomorrow until tomorrow to get, you know, the money in my traditional account. Put this on here for me. I, I got to make a $200 payment. Right, um, but everybody so can work as your sole provider, or you can just use it as, you know, an auxiliary one. But everybody does have an Evolve account. That's kind of mandatory. That's part of the whole deal, right? It is, yeah, because that's where you're getting paid into, right? So that's the account routing number we're sending to. You hearing from people in the factory business who think you're insane? We have. We've heard from a few. Um, we, you know, if you're not trying something at least a little bit insane, then you're really not going to revolutionize or you know push forward. A lot of people called Steve Jobs insane. A lot of people still call Elon Musk insane. But you know, they they, they tend to make strides in their in their industry. Okay. So let's talk about uh, the, the the curve of how you're going to judge this. How long a play do you think you're going to, how many months, years, whatever, do you think you're going to need before you can say this was successful, this was not? And why wouldn't it be successful? But I mean, you, you know, you're going to say, yeah, it's going to be successful, but there must be some things within your planning that could say this could fail because of X. Why, why would it fail? Well, again, you mentioned earlier, the reluctancy to create a new bank account, um, you know, and, and change your banking partner. That, that could be a lot of drivers could have a hesit hesitancy to do that. Um, but even in that instance, it wouldn't be a failure. Just being able to provide them an option, right? This does it, even if we don't sign a single additional client doing this, right? And even if, you know, the numbers don't go through the roof, it's still an option for them to get their money quickly and fee free. Our whole lotto is no fees. You know, we're not trying to get rich off of fees. So we're, we don't get rich off of fees. We don't get rich off of fees. That's completely fine. The driver can get paid instantly and it's another option for them. Um, whoever does use it, it'll be a benefit to them. Obviously, we want it to grow. We want every driver on it. Uh, we want them to truly understand it. And and that's another challenge, you know, is that you do need to, we do need to explain to them what it is, how it works, get them comfortable with it and let them understand it truly is just a benefit to them. Well, maybe you can come back in a year and tell us how it's going. Definitely would look forward to it.
We want to thank Samer Hamadi. He's the general counsel and VP of operations at Rodex. They've got a very, really radical and exciting new approach toward toward uh, factoring, which is a, a highly competitive industry. So thanks for joining us on Drilling Deep. Thanks for having me, John. You've been watching Drilling Deep. We are part of the freight, or list, well, I should say watching or listening to, because I keep forgetting now that we're video, we still have a lot of people who are just listening to us on all the various podcast platforms uh, where you can find your podcasts. I've been your host, John Kingston, and please join us again.